Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Hey there. Hello, hello. It's Robin. Welcome back, or I don't know, maybe welcome to the first time to this Parenting After Trauma podcast episode. Today, we're kind of going to go back to basics. So if you're a long time listener, longtime follower. This is likely going to feel like a review, but that's cool, right? We all sometimes need one, just the review, just the kind of the reminders. But two, I also think it's really helpful when reviewing things that feel kind of like they're already pretty solidified in our memory networks. The feeling of like, oh yeah, I know this. Like there's a confidence that emerges 
from that feeling. And that can be super helpful. Just, of course, it's always good to kind of revisit content and ideas that aren't brand new. It kind of gives our brain a little bit of a rest to not work so hard at learning something new and really can solidify like those neural pathways where all this information resides. And the more solid those neural pathways are, the more you'll be able to access the information when you're stressed or when you're dysregulated. And let's face it, like that tends to be when you need this information the most. So even if this is review for you, I would love for you to hang on and listen to the rest of this episode. And for those of you who are maybe a little newer to discovering me and my work, this will be so fun because this is like the bedrock. This is the foundation of the work that I do, how I teach parents, how I teach kids, and then how I teach professionals to teach to teach parents and kids. So We are going back to basics and looking at behavior. What can we get out of looking at behavior? Like what kind of information does looking at behavior even give us? And if it's a behavior that really isn't working for that child or working for the social experience or or isn't getting the child what the child really truly needs and deserves... We really need to look underneath the behavior in order to find ways to shift that behavior. And when I say look underneath behavior, I really think more about just kind of looking past it. Like I imagine like in my most regulated moments, what I can imagine when I'm with somebody who's behaving in a difficult way, (laughs) what I imagine is sort of taking their behavior and almost like sweeping it a little bit to the side, looking at it like, okay, this is good information, but I want to look past that behavior, sweep that behavior kind of to the side so that it doesn't stand in the way between seeing what the real problem is, which is what's happening inside that person, what's happening in their nervous system and what's happening in the relational space between us. I don't want to get too distracted by the behavior. So I really almost imagine this sort of like sweep aside moment of like, okay, thank you behavior for giving me some clues, but now I need you to step aside so I can see into this child to what's really going on. If I really truly want to change behavior, let's say it's actually appropriate to work towards changing behavior because the behavior is just not getting that person what they really need, right? Then we have to stay focused on changing what's driving the behavior. And look, y'all, I realize this is a pretty privileged way to approach parenting, to have the safety ourselves as parents, to have the regulation ourselves as parents, to be able to focus on what the real problem is, as opposed to just how do I get this behavior to stop? It really truly is a privilege. And I'm a big believer that if we hold privilege, it's our responsibility to use it and use it for the greater good. So we can pause and look at what's driving this behavior. If I want to change this behavior, I want to change what's driving the behavior. And of course, y'all, this applies to ourselves as, as well. 
our, if we want to change our own behavior, we want to look at what's driving the behavior. We want to do it compassionately and with curiosity. And, you know, maybe you're listening to this and, and who you're thinking about it is, is there a partner or your friend, right? That there's some relational stress there. All the same concepts and theory applies. So my approach to behavior change rests on the idea that regulated, connected kids who feel safe behave well. If you're curious about how I came to that conclusion that regulated, connected kids who feel safe behave well, what I would invite you to do is go check out my free masterclass and download the free ebook that accompanies it, what behavior really is. And you can get that at robingobel.com slash masterclass. So you've got two options there. You can watch the whole video series or you can download the ebook, or of course you can do both, whatever works for you in your learning style. So I'm not going to go into why regulated connected kids who feel safe behave well, um, but we'll send you there and you can get my overview on that idea in that masterclass. And then you can come back to the podcast and search for more podcast episodes that dive deeper into the concepts of regulation and connection and felt safety. Here's what I want to ask you today. How many times have you felt confused because of conflicting parenting advice? Maybe there's a couple people that you kind of turn to in the parenting world and they're giving conflicting advice, or maybe even the same person at times feels like gives conflicting parenting advice, right? Or you've gotten some good parenting advice and you're using it and it's working, but only some of the time, right? It just doesn't work always or even half the time. And the reason for that is... And the reason why some parenting advice can both be good advice that's accurate and conflicting is because most parenting advice is is aimed at solving a behavior, but the behavior is just the symptom. So when someone comes to me and says, how do I stop lying or stealing or opposition or aggression or ignoring or basically almost any behavior, I really can't even begin to answer that question until... I have some understanding of the level of activation or energy that's coming from the nervous system in that moment that is driving that behavior. This is also why it's really hard to, for me, as somebody who puts out a lot of content in the parenting world, it's hard for me to stay super focused on the behavior and put out podcasts or social media posts that are real focused on, you know, some problem behavior with some solution on how to fix that problem behavior because it really isn't that simple. And what I have found is the majority of the families who are following me have already experienced some of that just more simple black and white parenting advice and it's not working for them. They need they need more nuanced information. Y'all, those of you listening now need more nuanced information and not a simple if you want to, you know, change x, you have to do y, which is unfortunately a lot more complicated and also just what the reality is. So we're going to again use the behavior that we can see. The behavior is what's observable. 
as a cue or a clue to get super curious about what's the activation, the nervous system activation or energy that is driving this behavior. So there's a lot of complex neuroscience that we can turn to to help us explore this and understand this and and then change it if needed. So we can look to things like polyvagal theory, affect regulation theory, state-dependent functioning theory. So many amazing theories have emerged from the field of relational neuroscience. It's helping us understand what behavior really is. And if you want a deep dive into that science, the theories, the brain, the nervous system, consider joining Being With. That's my year-long immersion program for professionals. And in addition to just the tools and learning how to use the tools, Being With is is really focused on an in-depth exploration of the neuroscience that's underneath all of it. But for today, for this podcast, we're going to skip the theories and just go right to the metaphor that I use, a metaphor that I've developed over, gosh, more than a decade, working with more than hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of kids and their parents who have helped me develop this metaphor. It's a metaphor of owls and watchdogs and possums. Oh, my. (laughs) So there's three different energy pathways in the brain. So I call them the owl brain, the watchdog brain, and the possum brain. Let's start with the owl brain. The wise owl brain is a part of the brain and the nervous system that's in charge when the brain and the nervous system is feeling both safe and open and available for connection. The owl brain is responsible for behaviors like your child being able to be logical, be cooperative, have curiosity and empathy, be self-reflective. The owl brain kind of has that pause before response. I mean, kind of the bottom line is, is that the behavior that you'd really like to see from your child and probably from yourself as well comes from the owl brain. Okay. So when thinking about how to change behavior, I'm not really thinking about stopping behavior. I'm thinking about either strengthening or bringing back the owl brain. Now, remember I said the owl brain is what's in charge when the brain and the nervous system is both feeling safe and open and available for connection. So if I've got a behavior that I'm not really liking so much, that's a good clue that probably in that moment, the owl brain's not in charge. And if the owl brain's not in charge, that means the nervous system isn't feeling safe and isn't feeling open and available for connection. So bringing back the owl brain means bringing back safety and bringing back the opportunity for connection to be experienced as safe. Now, I I know, I know, I know, easier said than done, but right now we're just looking at the big picture, like the big kind of philosophical theory here. When the owl brain is in charge, the nervous system is feeling safe and open for connection. And Generally speaking, let's just say 99% of the time, the, the behavior that you're hoping for 
comes from the owl brain. So we want to focus on inviting the owl brain back, bringing back felt safety, offering connection in a way that that child is, uh, would experience safety because not all connection feels safe to all people so that the owl brain can come back and be in charge. Now, I have a lot of podcast episodes about safety, about connection being a biological imperative. Again, you can head to robingobel.com slash podcast. You can search for some of those podcast episodes to explore that concept further in depth. Now, I told you that there's three different pathways, owls, watchdogs, and possums. So let's look at watchdogs next. The watchdog brain emerges when the nervous system is detecting danger or or even just possible danger, right? So the owl brain is all about safety and connection. The watchdog brain is going, oh, wait, I think there's some danger here. I think I need to do something to protect myself. So the nervous system flips into what I call protection mode and the watchdog brain emerges. Once we are on this kind of watchdog pathway, I turn to Dr. Perry's, Dr. Bruce Perry's work, specifically with his state-dependent functioning. That really helps me conceptualize the different levels of watchdog brain behavior. Definitely, if you haven't already, check out Dr. Perry's book, What Happened to You, that he co-authored with Oprah Winfrey. It came out, I think, in 2020. It is... Excellent. And in Dr. Perry's theory of state dependent functioning, he talks about these different states, different levels of activation, and then the different behaviors that can emerge from them. So, again, we're, right now we're talking about watchdogs. So, the watchdog pathway gets activated when the nervous system detects some danger, like I said, even just potential danger. And Dr. Perry has these four different levels of activation that he calls alert, alarm, fear, and terror. So the alert watchdog is the uh, alert. The alert watchdog is like, huh, there's some danger here. I think there's some danger here, at least. Like something happened that made me think there might be some danger. And I need to check it out, see if it really is dangerous, and then decide what to do next. This level of watchdog, this alert watchdog, is still connected to and collaborating with the owl brain. So we're going to see protection-based behaviors. We're going to see defensive behaviors. So maybe a little bit of opposition, less cooperation and compliance, maybe some sassiness or some rudeness, right? As this watchdog is trying to figure out, "Mm, I don't know, am I safe or not? Do I, is it safe to be in connection or do I need to stay with these protection based behaviors? So that's kind of that first level of watchdog, the alert watchdog. And then there's alarm, fear, and terror. So as the watchdog determines that there's more and more danger, more and more need to be protective, it's going to go through these different levels from alarm to fear to terror. And we're going to go from behaviors that look like opposition to defiance, to verbal aggression, to physical aggression. We have to remember that the watchdog is acting in a scary way, but really the watchdog is scared like real life watchdogs, right? Like real life watchdogs are, are their whole job is to like 
protect themselves and their humans. And they get scary when they're scared, when they need to protect themselves. And here's the thing. The watchdog gets so scary that the owl freaks out and flies away. And this is why the more activated your child is in their watchdog pathway, the less helpful it is to try to connect with the owl brain or use any sort of owl brain tactics like logic or helping your child remember like the consequences or even remembering or understanding why your child, why for your child, the consequences don't matter. It's because that owl brain has totally flown away. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club, to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. The watchdog gets more and more active, goes from alarmed, fear to terror as there is more danger. Now, I know that a lot of you listening have a watchdog kid who is acting as though there's lots and lots of danger. And this is confusing to you. You're like, there's, there's no danger here. I don't, I don't get it. So the way the brain determines how much danger is, is present is based on a lot of different things. I've covered it in previous episodes Um, I talk about it in connection or protection, and I talk about it in no behavior is maladaptive. So again, you can head to robingobel.com slash podcast, and you can search for those and find those episodes because I know it feels like it doesn't make sense. Um, But there's a lot of different reasons why our kids are going to respond as though there's a level of danger that warrants like you know, a terror level watchdog brain response. And everybody else is kind of looking around being like, what are you talking about? There's not even any problem here. But from your child's perspective, really from their neuroception, their nervous system is, is truly experiencing that level of danger. And so it's responding in kind. Now, again, the owl brain has totally flown away. So using owl brain interventions, like logic, threatening consequences, using lots of language to try to get the child to change your behavior is just simply not going to work. What does work is bringing about safety, bringing about regulation, bringing about connection. I know, I know, I know. You're like, okay, but how do I do that? Valid, valid question. It just isn't what we're 
talking about in today's episode. We're not going into specific interventions today. I really want to stay focused on just the owl watchdog and possum brain as a metaphor, as a way to really see and conceptualize behavior. The other pathway is the possum pathway. So I told you when the nervous system detects danger, the watchdog pathway gets activated. Well, when the nervous system detects life threat, meaning it's more than just dangerous. It's like, uh oh, this is a life threatening situation, not just a dangerous one where I feel like I could run away or fight or get out of it, but this is an actual life threatening situation. Now the nervous system activates what I call the possum pathway. And again, we can turn to Dr. Perry's state dependent functioning theory to see how there are four different levels of possum brain behavior, just like there are four different levels of watchdog brain behavior. Now, the big difference is that the watchdog pathway increases energy and activation, but in the possum pathway, energy and activation is significantly decreased. When the possum pathway is activated, more and more shutdown or collapse is happening. Dr. Perry's state-dependent functioning model uses the same language to look at the different levels. It still uses alert, alarm, fear, and terror. I think it's a little bit confusing because alert, alarm, fear, terror gives us this sense. I think that the energy is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but actually the opposite's happening on this possum pathway. The energy is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's really going from like kind of like la la land behavior to total dissociation, checked out, disconnected from reality behavior. There's a lot of different kinds of possum brain behavior. So again, I said like kind of that la-la land spaced out, um, not really paying attention, zoned out, daydreaming kind of behavior. Um, One possum brain behavior is people-pleasing behavior. And I have another podcast episode on people-pleasing. Again, you can head to robingobel.com slash podcast and just put in people-pleasing to find that one. Um, that's actually on the possum pathway as well until we go all the way down to like shut down and totally dissociated behavior. Um, so I know a lot of you who have kids who look really unmotivated or they won't do anything. They're not getting out of bed. These are kids who's likely in a state of nervous system collapse. So again, it's the opposite of the watchdog. It's this intense collapse that can feel really lazy or unmotivated. But to be honest with you, I don't really believe in the words lazy. Um, Laziness, behavior that looks lazy is almost always behavior that's somewhere on this possum pathway. Or sometimes it's just humans being humans. I mean, the reality is, is that one core aspect of being human is expending the least amount of energy possible to get done what we want to get done. And so what we culturally describe as lazy is actually the human brain just conserving and being pretty smart about it and working towards survival. But anyway, that also is like a totally other podcast episode. 
So similarly, when this possum pathway is activated, what we want to be thinking about is safety. How do I bring safety? The amount of connection that is experienced safely by this child and regulation, co-regulation in this moment. What do I, what could I offer this child that would bring enough safety, bring enough soothing into their nervous system that their owl brain would feel safe enough to start to return because the owl brain is the pathway of safety and connection. And when the owl brain is in charge, the behaviors that you're hoping for, things like cooperation, empathy, um, frustration tolerance, those kinds of things, those are all watch our owl brain behaviors. So again, I know I didn't give you any interventions. That's not the point of today's episode. There's a lot of places to go and get ideas for interventions. I'll talk about that before I sign off today. But, but even though I didn't actually give you an intervention... So you may have heard that the club is open today for just a few days for new members. And I wanted to share with you what this club member said about her time in the club. This member says, I was way more successful handling a stressful situation than I would have been a year ago. And it is truly a result of the material I've learned through Robin and the club. Oh my gosh, y'all. I love, love, love hearing that. There's no way that we can promise that the stress from your kids is going to change because we're just not in control of anybody else but ourselves. But what we can do is work to change how we respond to those stressors. And that's what we do over in the club. We are open for new members from now until the 28th of April, and we would love to have you. The intervention is safety. And each level of watchdog or possum brain is going to respond differently to different interventions. What a terror level watchdog brain needs is different than an alarm brain possum, right? I mean, it's even different than what an alarm brain watchdog needs. There's different interventions and different ways of being ourselves that are going to be more effective for these different levels of watchdogs and possums. So a huge way that I work with families is helping them get to know their child and themselves, owl, watchdog, and possum brain, and the different levels of activation and the different behaviors that they typically see in their child's different level of activation. In fact, this I must, I think that this podcast episode is going to air in July of 2022, 2022. And in this month in the club, that's what our focus is. We always have like a monthly focus and we're focusing in the club this month on really getting to know the owl, watchdog and possum brain because we need to know what kind of level 
our child is in. And honestly, y'all, this is for ourselves too. If we want to be as effective as possible with the interventions that we use also knowing what level of activation or level of watchdog brain or level of possum brain that our child is in helps us have appropriate expectations about like how fast is this going to change because a possum brain kid who's really far out on the level of activation, like in fear or terror, it takes a really, really long time for the, that level of possum brain to regain safety and come back into the owl brain. And I think understanding that helps us as parents then have appropriate expectations and more patience and stay more regulated more often, not perfectly because sometimes we just can't take it anymore. Sometimes we just have to get out the door. There's all sorts of things that get in the way of us. But I have absolutely found, and this is true in my own life, that when I can conceptualize the behavior through the lens of what's happening in the nervous system, I stay so much more regulated. So this is why, even though I haven't given you really any interventions, changing how you see behavior changes behavior. It it is an intervention, and I know it doesn't feel like one, but it is that changing how we see the behavior can contribute to changing the behavior because it changes us. It changes our perspective on the behavior. It changes our regulation. It means we're much more likely to be with our child who's in their watchdog or possum brain while we stay in our owl brain. And y'all, that really truly is an intervention because when it comes right down to it, Watchdogs and possum brain kids need connection and safety and connection and safety comes from the owl brain, which means we have to stay in the owl brain and seeing behavior through this lens tends to help the grownups stay more anchored in their owl brain. Now, I also know that that's really easy for me to say, and it's not enough. Like you do need ideas. You do need interventions. You do need practical tips on what actually to do. So as we get to the end of this episode, I want to give you just a couple options for where you can go to search out some of those interventions. I already mentioned it, but the first thing you can do is head to robingobel.com slash podcast. And there is a search bar and you can search for previous episodes that might relate to the specific problem that you need help with. That's free. That's always available, always accessible. You can listen to the podcast episodes or read the accompanying like long summary blog post or the transcript right on my website. Or you can just find the episode and then head back to your podcast app and look for the episode and then listen to the episode episode there in your podcast app like you're probably listening to this one. If you need even more support than that, I love for you to come and join us over in the club. The club is my virtual community for parents of kids with big baffling behaviors. And we we take in new members periodically. So it's not always open for new members. Uh, If it's not open right now at the time you're listening to this episode, you can still head to the website, put yourself on the waiting list so that you know when it is open. And that's at robingobel.com slash the club. 
But the club offers more support in several different ways. One, it has a forum. So, you know, forums are accessible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm super active in the forum. And I also have a team of coaches that are active in the forum, but the parents in the club are amazing. Um, and they're offering amazing support and ideas for these biggest, most baffling behaviors as well. Uh, we have a monthly masterclass always, and that kind of covers a specific topic. Like I said, this month, and, and I think this episode is going to air in July, we're, we're really going into getting to know the owl, watchdog, and possum brain. We just recently did a whole month on talking about scaffolding, and that was really fun. We've done a months on grief. We've done months on strengthening the foundation of the brain. We've done all sorts of things. And so we have this monthly masterclass. And then we also have this monthly meeting where we get together and and I call it putting it into practice. And that's where it's a very casual. We come together, we ask questions, we share ideas. And we it's where I say like, hey, our kids, our kids don't know the theory. So I can teach you all the theory and a bunch of great ideas, but then you have to actually use it in real life. So that's what we do and put it into practice. Like, okay, how do we use these ideas in real life? Um, and then we have a huge video library of searchable, um, videos. So all the previous masterclasses, all the previous putting it into practices, everything we've done in the club gets stored in this video library and it's searchable. And so if you're having a challenge and you're not sure, you know, how to respond to specific behavior, you can just search the video library. Um, and then also like if you were watching, watching a video and you need some more help, like, I don't know how to use this concept specifically with my kid, or how does this relate to my specific situation? That's what the forum is for. Um, so if you need more help than just listening to a podcast, that is another option for you. And it's just a monthly membership experience. So if you got everything you needed in a month, you don't have to stay any longer than that. Um, some people have been in the club for 18 months since it began. Some people come for just a month, get what they need, and then and then leave. So lots of options. And if you're a professional and you work with parents and you want to use this model in your work with parents, you can come and check out and see if my year-long immersion program, it's called Being With is the right thing for you and what you're doing with what you want to do professionally. So being with equips you with the science and the tools and then the regulation for yourself so that you can work with families, with kids, with these biggest, most baffling behaviors, these big watchdog and possum brain behaviors. And you can do that with confidence and clarity being with graduates, receive the licensing rights to teach my parent course and your, to your clients and in your community which also means parents who are listening right now, that soon parents all over the world are going to have access to professionals who can help them, can help you, right? With these confusing watchdog and possum brain behaviors. So that's a huge goal of mine is how many professionals can um, I get connected with and equip them with this material so that you have people in your community, people that you can people that you can access to really help you take this information and make it mean something in your life. So again, that's my professional training program being with, it runs January through December. So depending on when you're hearing this episode, just head over to robingobel.com slash being with and get on the waiting list or submit your application or enroll. Again, it kind of depends on the time of year you're hearing, hearing this episode. 
And then finally, I, I mentioned it at the beginning, but if you haven't already downloaded my free ebook, which is called What Behavior Really Is, go and do that because you can read more about owls, watchdogs, and possums. It's a little less in depth. It's a bigger picture overview, but it's in writing and it has some helpful visuals and pictures and images that I think kind of can help all of this information just continue to make more sense and solidify more and more and more into your memory networks. So there you have it. That's my paradigm on looking at behavior. Is this an owl brain behavior, a watchdog brain behavior, and a possum brain behavior? Because if it's an owl brain behavior, awesome. But if it's a watchdog or possum brain behavior, how do we bring safety, regulation, and connection to the watchdog and the possum brain so that the owl feel safe enough to return because the, the, the behavior that you're hoping for, and again, y'all, this is about ourselves too, but the behavior that you're hoping for, you're going to almost certainly find emerging from the wise old owl brain. Now that there's nothing wrong or bad about the watchdog or possum brain. The watchdog and possum brains are so brave and so valiant and working so, so, so hard for our survival, for our kids' survival. We need to have gratitude and compassion for the watchdog and possum brain, but we also want them to only work as hard as they have to. So we want to bring safety and connection and co-regulation to the watchdog and possum brain so that they can rest, they can experience safety and let the owl brain be in charge so they can just kind of like rest, rest and play. Again, that ebook is over at robingobel.com slash masterclass. All right. This is a super fun episode to record for you. I love thinking about owls, watchdogs, and possums. It has changed my life so much to think about behavior through this lens. It's changed me to think about my own behavior this way, but also the behavior of the people in my family. And it's certainly the clients and all the families who trust me and all the kids who have brought their watchdogs and possum brains in to meet me. <sighs> All right. If you're new to the podcast, well, even if you're not new to the podcast, I hope you come back next week. This episode should air in July of 2022. And I know prior to this episode airing, I've been a little less predictable with bringing you podcast episodes because I've been working so hard on finishing my manuscript and submitting it to the publisher. And that's done, 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 and done. So I am back. You can look forward to more regular podcast episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for loving kids, caring about kids. And if you know somebody who would really benefit from shifting their perspective on seeing and how they see kids' behaviors, definitely send them to the podcast to this episode specifically. Thank you all so much. I will see you back here next week. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, Yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids, but also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you. 
then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.